the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. I want to encourage you today to turn your Bibles to Jonah chapter 2. From Jonah chapter 2, we'll begin reading from verse 1. The word of the Lord reads as follows. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. And he said... I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Yet I will look again towards your holy temple. And the waters surrounded me even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. And I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit. O Lord my God. And when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah unto dry land. Would you pray with me, eternal God? Thank you for your word today. Thank you for your grace on our lives. Thank you for bringing us to this very moment that we might hear a word from you. God, in the midst of this time of preaching, I'm praying that your Holy Spirit would speak in this place, that you would speak to our heart, God, that you would move beyond our barriers and our our trouble and our trials and speak to our hearts and bring us to the place that you would have us to move today. God, someone might be out of fellowship with you, God. I'm praying through the preaching of the gospel that you would draw them back into fellowship with you. Father, someone is sinking deep in sin. Their soul is in trouble of eternal damnation. God, I'm praying that through the preaching 
of a foolish gospel, you would draw them out of the darkness and into the marvelous light. Save their soul and rescue them today. God, preach through these lips of clay words of life everlasting. Father, somebody just barely made it to the house of God today and they need a word of encouragement. Encourage them through your word today. God, I need you, Jesus, even as I stand to declare your word in this place. Father, I need your strength. I need your wisdom and your guidance. So use me, God, as I surrender myself a vessel in your hands accomplish your will in this place and we'll give your name all the glory and all the honor and all the praise it is in jesus name that i pray with thanksgiving and expectation and the people of god said together amen and amen this journey that we are on this series of messages entitled prayer power began in matthew chapter 6 as we spoke there from the subject matter the outline for prayer it was there in matthew chapter 6 that we called the Lord's Prayer, but we learned as our examination of it that it was more just an outline to give you an outline how to pray. From there, we went to Isaiah chapter 38, looking at Hezekiah there about to die as he received the message from God that he's going to die and not live. And we spoke from that part two of the series from the subject matter and an invitation to prayer. We came to the realization that sometimes trouble comes in our lives as an invitation from God to come talk to me. And so Hezekiah spoke to the Lord, and the Lord blessed Hezekiah above and beyond what he could even imagine. When we were together on last week, we preached there from Psalm 34, from the subject matter, God's posture for man's prayer. The idea here was to help us to understand that God has postured himself to hear from you. We realize and understand that he is visually alert to the righteous. He is audibly attentive to the righteous. The prayers of the righteous God is waiting for, listening for. But for those that are evil, the text helped us to understand that he is violently against the evil. God doesn't want to even hear their prayers. Their prayers to him are an abomination unto him. But for the righteous, we went on to learn that He is responsibly active to the righteous. He's waiting to act on their behalf. He's anxious to do for us who are his own. And finally, he is closely accessible to those who are repentant. Even for those that are unrighteous, God's attentive. He's nearby. He's waiting to hear from you that you might repent of your sin, place your faith in him, and surrender to him as Lord. This morning, we find ourselves in this book of Jonah short book, very familiar story, probably learned it from childhood and heard it in vacation Bible school or Sunday school, and perhaps you've never heard it before, but here is the story of a man named Jonah, a prophet of God, whom God had given clear instructions. God had said to Jonah, Jonah, I I want you to go to Nineveh, that great city of Nineveh. I want you to go there, Jonah, and preach. Jonah, I want you to preach a message there in Nineveh. I want you to let the people know that their wickedness has come up before me. And God has given Jonah these instructions. But Jonah, uh, being a rebellious uh, prophet, one who did not want God to show mercy on Nineveh because he knew that if God would send him and he would preach the word to Nineveh, that the Ninevites would repent and God would relent from destroying them. It just goes to show that even the preacher can be vulnerable sometimes to his own emotions. And so here is Jonah being 
rebellious to God, and as a result of his rebellion to God, as opposed to going to Nineveh, he gets on a ship down at Joppa on his way to Tarshish. He's going in the opposite direction from what God has called him to do. I know I got a few witnesses in the house that every now and then you've gone the opposite direction. Whew, I'm preaching already. Y'all ain't going to say amen, but watch this. I'm going to get in your business, but as a result of his sin, God sends a wind on the sea. And on the sea, everybody's about to lose their life. And Jonah eventually finally concedes, it's me, I'm the problem. Just pick me up, throw me over into the sea, and the sea will become calm after you throw me over. Jonah had come to the place, realistically, when you really examine the text, that he was willing to commit suicide rather than to do what God told him to do. Instead of Jonah saying, turn the boat around, take me back where we got on because I ain't supposed to be on here in the first place. Jonah says, just take me up throw me overboard because I'm so rebellious that I'd rather die than do what God called me to do. I know just one or two other witnesses in the house that might be able to say, you know what, what God told me to do, I'd rather die than go back and do it. Some of you haven't done it yet. Sometimes folk make you so mad and have wronged you so much that even though God says you ought to forgive them, you made it up your mind. I ain't never going to forgive them. I'm just trying to help you to see you're in the text. So Jonah becomes so rebellious, he's thrown overboard. And while he's thrown overboard, the Lord doesn't allow Jonah to have his way. God has a prepared fish to swallow him when he hits the water. I ain't got time to get into all this, but God can have a fish ready for you. I ain't talking about fish dinner. I'm talking about you dinner. And he sends the fish and he sends the fish to swallow Jonah. And so Jonah here is swallowed by the prepared fish. And from his place of disobedience, God is punishing him and bringing, how do I say, justice to Jonah in the midst of his rebellion. And here in the midst of his rebellion, while he's in this place of punishment and pain, he takes up the position of prayer. I want to talk to us from the subject matter praying from the place of punishment. If you were to jump into the middle of this text and read this chapter, chapter 2, forget about all the other things that I gave you as a preface to the text. If you had not read all of that and you read, here's Jonah, and he's reading, and, and you're reading that here's Jonah, this man who's praying from the belly of a fish, you would say, that's kind of odd. Why is somebody in the belly of a fish praying? That's an odd place to be praying from. There must be something else going on. But, I mean, like, couldn't he just go to the temple and pray? Couldn't he just bow down on the side of his bed and pray? Couldn't he just pull the car over to the side of the road? Or could he not just whisper the prayer? Why would a man go to the belly of a fish to pray? But if you will indulge me for just a few moments, perhaps I can remind you of some odd places that you also engage God in prayer, specifically as it related to his punishment on your disobedience. Stay with me here. Some of us might remember praying from prison. And you weren't in prison because you were innocent. You were in prison because you were guilty. But from prison, you prayed. Now, when you were free, you never talked to the Lord. But from prison, you were provoked to pray to God. Others of you saying, Pastor, I never was that bad a person. I, never, I ain't never been to prison. I've got a clean record. I've got my clearances and all that good stuff. And I'm a good person. Well, remember 
that prayer you prayed from the porcelain position. Y'all going to catch it in a little while. You will bow down to the porcelain God, throwing up all your sacrifices of your stomach. Saying to the Lord, Lord, I'll never do this again, Jesus. If you just get me out of this situation, I'll never drink again. What an odd place to pray from. Bowing over a public toilet. Vomiting your guts up as a result of your disobedience to God. Maybe it wasn't prison or it wasn't a porcelain throne that you were praying from. Maybe it was from a position of pregnancy. Maybe you were having fun, enjoying all the sex, and you was everywhere with everybody. Maybe it wasn't everywhere with everybody. Maybe it was just one somebody, but y'all was enjoying sex so much that sooner or later you ended up pregnant, and then you started praying. Well, can I help you from a biology perspective? Once you're pregnant, prayer is too late. Your prayer from pregnancy is, Lord, protect the baby that I might bring forth a healthy child. It's kind of too late then to say, oh, Lord, why me? You was having fun at first. But now pregnancy provokes you to pray, and maybe that's not you. I've never been pregnant, Pastor. I've never been drunk to the point of throwing up over a porcelain tub. I'm too good for that. Lord, God's never punished me to send me to prison. I'm, Pastor, you haven't hit my street yet. I'm coming down your street. <laughs> Maybe your prayer came from a position of poverty, and your poverty was as a result of your disobedience to God. You were not faithful to God, and so therefore, God shut off the revenue of your resources, and all of a sudden, you were plunged into a position of poverty. You didn't have enough money to rub two nickels together, and there, from a position of poverty, there, from a position of Owen, MasterCard, Visa, American Express, Sears, Montgomery Wars, X Company. Lord and Taylor, all the other from that position, you were trying to figure out how am I going to pay all these bills and you were involved and indulged in a position of poverty and from there you began to pray and say, God out of my poverty, can you help me? You ever notice people want money when they didn't spend all they had and they praying for Lord, no, Lord, Lord can you, okay. I thank you God, I, I, I need to go to that employment Resume writing because I need more money. No, you need better management skills. And if you obey God, watch this, and I know y'all don't want to hear this, but if you obey him and put him first, all the other things will be added unto you. That's Matthew 6.33. And, and if you haven't tried him yet in these things... What are you talking about, Pastor? Tithing. If you haven't tried him in this, you'll never know that he can open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such blessing that you don't have room enough to receive. But because you rob God, you're now dealing with the punishment of God. And from the punishment of God, from the painful position of punishment, you too cry out in prayer to God. We're no different from Jonah. We all have been in positions of punishment where we had to cry out to God. Y'all still here? Hmm. Let's look at what Jonah does and see what we can learn from ourselves as it relates to praying from a place of punishment. 
You do know that God punishes people, right? We do. Y'all know that, right? We, we have consequences to our actions, and the consequences are the punishments that come from God. Y'all do know that, right? It's not incidental. This oops, slipped up. Oh, no, these are consequences. God is uh, bringing consequences in our lives as a result of our disobedience to him. As uh, uh, Brian preached this morning about keeping the covenant, don't break the covenant. You break the covenant with God. There are consequences to breaking the covenant of God. There are consequences to doing things your own way. God, this is his world. We're living in his world under his condition. You're breathing his air. Amen. Eating his food, driving his car. Uh, watch this. Eat, eat, uh, 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 making his money and moving it around. That's his stuff. It ain't yours. And yet you want to make the rules. You can't make the rules in his world and so when we violate the rules there's consequences to violating the rules in his world y'all still here with me so let's see what Jonah does first of all and I think this might be helpful to us as we find ourselves in positions of punishment uh, our prayer as it relates to that and praying from a position of punishment first thing um, I see in the text and I want to encourage you to do is pray even when you're punished by God. Pray even when you are punished by God. Because some folk, when they get punishment, they don't want to talk to the Lord no more. Like God did something unfair. Like God, why, why, why you going to do that to me, Lord? So we don't even want to talk to him no more. Like we treat him like he's some girlfriend or boyfriend that did us wrong. We blocking his number. He's calling and we block him. Put, put God on block. Psh, I don't want to hear from him. I'm not, I'm not going to church. I'm not listening to no sermons. I'm you know, and you know, those good Christians, they dropping CDs on your desk and stuff like that. You know, I ain't listening to that. Slide it all. We don't want to hear from God. Not, we won't open the Bible. We won't talk to him. We won't pray because we feel like God did us something wrong. But in the midst of punishment, I want to encourage you, pray even when you are punished. In the middle of Jonah's punishment, while Jonah is here in the middle of the sea, uh, in the belly of a fish, Verse 1 says, then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish. Jonah did not give up on prayer, even though he had given up on being faithful to what God had called him to do. Lord, help me here. Jonah had been thrown overboard, and he had this prepared fish swallow him, and he's riding around on the sea in the belly of a fish, dealing with all the, 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 the attributes of being inside of a fish's belly, uh, and all the smells and all the, all, all the, the acids and all the nastiness he's inside there, but he didn't give up on talking to God who was responsible for having him be in the fish in the first place as a result of his disobedience. Watch this. It wasn't God that told, told Jonah go the wrong way, but it was God that had a fish swallow him up. Lord have mercy. Can I help somebody here? Sometimes the bad position of punishment you're in is better than the position you would have been in if God had not stepped in. How oh, can I help somebody here? I know you're mad and upset because God is punishing you, but what if God didn't care? What if God had just let Jonah throw himself overboard and the fish wasn't there to swallow him? Then he would have been left to his own being. Let me say it this way. Praying from a fish's belly is better than drowning in an open sea. Mm-mm-mm. And so he's here in this belly of the fish and he is praying to God who has caused the fish to swallow him. And Jonah cries out to the Lord. He's, he's praying. And, and I want you to understand God is the one who's caused it. He says, I cried out to the Lord out of the, 
because of my afflictions. Now, this word affliction means that that pain, some kind of pain has been brought on. And it is God's punishment that has brought the pain. It is God's punishment of justice to Jonah for his disobedience that brings upon the affliction. But in the midst of his affliction, Jonah cries out to the Lord, even though the Lord is the one causing the pain. You know what this reminds me of? Some of y'all might be able to relate to this if you're over 40. When I was young, when we acted up at our house in the Sterling household, we got what were called whoopings. We didn't get spankings. We didn't get time out. We got full blown all out arm swinging cock it all the way back whoopings. I mean, you know, my mom and dad, they they got the position. I mean, they could really, I mean, they could cock it up. I mean, we got whooped. Y'all get any witnesses in the house? And, and, And in the middle of being slaughtered by my parents, And in the midst of getting whooped by them, the one who was doing the harm to me, I would every now and then cry out, Mom, Dad, you hurting me. Somehow, I I felt like it might help me to to talk to them in the middle of the whooping. Lord, have mercy. I know I got a few witnesses in the house. And and every now and then, I couldn't say nothing. All I could do was holler because they were inflicting so much pain on me. But I needed to let them know, this is hurting me, Mom. This is hurting me, Dad. And by them knowing the amount of pain that I was going through, sooner or later, they would ease up. And eventually they'd stop. Jonah realizes that even though God is the one that's inflicting the pain, he's the only one that can help me right now. He's the only one that can hold up and withhold the pain that I'm enduring right now. And so Jonah talks to God, even though God is the one punishing him. Y'all still here with me? And so he says he's cried out to the Lord. I want you to see what he, what he does. He, first of all, he acknowledges where he is. He says, I cried out because of my affliction. Verse 1, he says, I, I was in the belly of a fish. Sometimes you got to say where you are. Where, where has your punishment led you? It's helpful while you're praying, even while you're under punishment, to acknowledge where you are in the punishment. I'm in the belly of a fish. I'm, out, I'm in the, I'm crying to God out of Sheol, he says. Lord, have mercy. Um, out, out of hell. This is hell for me. I cried out. And, and guess what? And God heard me. Lord, help me. I, I was in Sheol. I was in the worst kind of place. I was in the, com- I was under the condemning hand of God. I was in the, the hell that God had brought on me because of my disobedience. I, I cried out from that place. That's what Jonah says. He cries out here in verse 2. He says, and then not only does he acknowledge where he is, he acknowledges whose punishment he's under. Look at verse 3. He says, for you, capital Y, you cast me into the deep. 
and into the heart of the seas. And the flood surrounded me in all of your billows. Those are your waves, Lord. They pass over me. And while I was, while I was going through that and, 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 and it was, it was all the floods had surrounded me. Your billows had come over me. Your waves had passed over me. God, I was suffering. I was going through. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Yet, I will look again towards your holy temple. Even though you're punishing me, even though it's your punishment, even though I'm, it, it, it's you the one that's doing it, I'm still going to look back and cry out to you. The whole idea of him turning back and turning to the temple, that's what they were supposed to pray towards the temple. He says, I'm still going to call out to your temple. I'm still going to call out to you, God. I'm going to pray even when I'm being punished. To continue our journey, tune in next week for the second half of today's message. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.